Brands, we need to talk. It's time to start texting your customers. Yotpo, the leading e-commerce marketing platform, has the most advanced SMS marketing solution to reach customers where they are on their phones. Yotpo enables brands to build unbeatable targeted SMS experiences to create customer connections and drive revenue fast. Visit yotpo.com, that's Y-O-T-P-O.com, and get personal with SMS marketing today. There's never been a better time to be a direct-to-consumer business. Join us as we uncover the strategies and scaling secrets of the world's most disruptive brands and agencies. This is DTC Podcast. Hello and welcome to the DTC Podcast, the show where we grill fresh healthy D2C brands on their secret ingredients. Speaking of fresh and healthy, today we are thrilled to have Tessa Norton-Bacard, newly minted VP of Marketing for Trifecta Nutrition. Now, Trifecta is a D2C meal solution for those who want to eat clean. They deliver fresh, fully prepared, healthy meals direct to your door. Tessa leads a marketing team of 20, and Trifecta's amazing growth over the past few years has given her some amazing insights and great proof points about content marketing, influence, team building, SEO, and lots more. Welcome to the D2C podcast, Tessa. To start with, uh, you know, congratulations on your promotion of VP marketing. That's very cool. Can you start? Yeah, no problem. Can you start by walking through a little bit of your professional journey with Trifecta and what this promotion has mean? Yeah, absolutely. And first of all, thank you for having me. Um, I'm a huge fan of D2C. It's one of the few newsletters that I read uh, fully from top to bottom uh, when I get them in my inbox. So super uh, excited and honored to be on the podcast today. Um, My trajectory at Trifecta has been um, over the past couple of years, uh, it's been a whirlwind and also super exciting and super fun. I think that that's pretty common in in direct-to-consumer brands, especially startup uh, startup brands like ours. I started as the marketing manager um, and then moved up quickly into the marketing director position, uh, which was basically, you know, uh, creating the team, making sure that our strategy was being implemented and rolled out. Uh, to support our our growth goals. Uh, And then just last week, actually, I was promoted to VP of marketing. Um, Now my team is is concerned about like, oh my gosh, what does that mean for us? I'm not gonna change teams. I'm like, I'm here to stay guys, it's cool. Uh, But it does mean a little bit more responsibility and getting into a little bit uh, more of the business side of things as well. So as the marketing director, you were. this is pretty much a, a, a reward for a job well done for having built this team. You were probably already doing the job, very, very close to the job of the VP as the marketing director. Yeah, essentially. I mean, I was the head of our marketing uh, department, rolled up directly to our CEO, uh, Greg Connolly. So um, a little bit of recognition um, with that title change, obviously, and then uh, exciting to be included in a lot of more leadership and, and business goal sort of uh, conversations. That's awesome. Okay, let's back up a little bit and talk a little bit about Trifecta as a business. Um, you know, we're, we're in Canada here on the podcast. Uh, and, and so I've, I've been through a number of different uh, meal meal kits that we have here, our HelloFreshes, uh, our Blue Apron, a, a, few, a few of those other ones. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the space of, of, of meal kits, prepared meal delivery, and, and how you see Trifecta's place within it? Yeah, so there's a couple of uh, differentiations that I want to make. Um, I think a couple of years ago, meal kits uh, were particularly um, sort of in vogue, uh, blue aprons and, and whatnot. Um, 
where people were really interested in like, Hey, I want to cook, but I don't want to have all these wasted ingredients, or I don't really know all of the different ingredients that I need to, uh, effectuate a nice recipe at home. So send me all those things and I'll put them together and have a nice fresh meal. Um, and then that has actually evolved into, uh, well, I don't even have time to cook or I don't know how to cook, or I don't want to take that time. I just need to make sure that I am eating healthy, um, convenient meals and that, you know, those nutrition elements, the macros and micronutrients are actually feeding into, uh, fueling my body and, uh, helping me get to my fitness, um, and health goals. So we actually exist in the ready to eat category. So not the meal kits per se but we are fully prepared meals that are delivered uh, fresh directly to your door, never frozen. Um, so all you have to do is essentially heat, heat up the meals and you get a nice, healthy, delicious meal that is incredibly convenient um, and supporting your health goals. It's it honestly like that's, that was my experience with the kits was that a, this is still taking me a large amount of time. The meals were delicious and I was always enjoying what I was eating. But at the same time, I was wondering if we're, if we're spending all this where we are doing all the meal prep as well, at least you, you, you know, I, I didn't feel like if I just ate that way, I would like lose weight, for instance, or that I would, uh, that it would really help me. So it's really cool to think of yours as a solution for people that are sort of actively looking to better themselves. Has that led into the target audience? It, like looking at your site, it looks like it's a very athletic individual kind of uh, target audience. Yes, we say that our DNA is really uh, in the conscious athlete space. Um, so you don't necessarily have to be a professional athlete, although we do feed quite a few professional athletes and, and professional uh, sports leagues. Um, you don't have to be a professional, though. You can just be someone who is on a health journey, whether, whether that means that you need to lose 50 pounds or you're just trying to build some muscle so that you can support your your own personal uh, health goals. Um, so we definitely started in the in the space feeding a lot of uh, athletes, people who are specifically interested in working out or a particular sport. Um, and we've continued along that path, but as we've gotten bigger and we've had a little bit more mass market appeal, we've been able to add, like I was mentioning before, a lot of people who are just like maybe you or myself, just looking to, uh, drop a few pounds, feel, you know, like you have more energy, just supporting your own personal life, whatever your lifestyle is with proper nutrition. I love it. And, and looking at the marketing, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those high, those high marks that you're aiming for looking at the marketing. Like it does appear to focus on very healthy ripped people, you know, athletes, but then you're going to catch a lot of people who are eating aspirationally as well. You, you know, so you can, you can aim high for your audience and still have a, a really great followed effect for people that are just interested in the lifestyle, maybe a little bit less seriously. Absolutely. And yeah, we do take a look at, in terms of our, um, our visuals, a lot of aspirational uh, sort of imagery um, that really captures people's attention. And then we can get them in the door and get them in our funnel and then continue to feed them like information about how to get to a healthy lifestyle. And not just like, if you aren't a bodybuilder, uh, then, you know, this is not the right brand for you. That's not at all the case. And it's actually been very interesting because um, although our imagery is uh pretty heavily around the conscious athlete. Um, the breakdown and demographics of our users uh, show us that it's mostly professional people who just need to have a convenient and quick option. Uh, we have a lot of professionals who work in an office setting. They, like myself, may work out in the morning or, or go to the gym in the, in the evening, um, but they just wanna feel healthy and feel great. And so they, they use Trifecta as their lunch option, which is a really, uh, convenient way to 
not get tempted by some of the fast food options that you might have in your area or uh, potentially, you know, going out to lunches. Of course, this is pre-pandemic um, and getting tempted in, uh, away from your health goals in that way. Interesting. Now you, you've scaled this, this, you know, in your tenure in the, in the past two years or so, uh, it seems like you've really scaled Trifecta up. I feel like it's given you a lot of opportunities to test different marketing levers. Can you talk a little bit about where you, where's your focus, uh, you, you, your team's main focus when it comes to which of these levers is, is giving you the most growth in terms of uh, marketing strategies? That is a tough question. Um, and it's hard to narrow it down to just to one. Um, I really believe that our success has been largely due to the fact that we have been simultaneously trying to pull on multiple levers at the same time. The uh, analogy that I like to use is that we're continuing on some of these marathon type um, plays, meaning our SEO, our SEM strategy. Uh, we have an absolutely unparalleled uh, SEO strategy, and I'm so grateful for our uh, content and engagement team to continue driving that long tail growth over time, um, which helps us anchor down our customer acquisition cost as we're doing the more sprint type plays, which is in our paid media space, in our performance marketing, our direct response, et cetera. So having those, working simultaneously really buoys uh, both levers. And, you know, of course we can, we can amp up some of the spend if we're, we're needing to get to a particular uh, goal in any, you know, given month or anything like that, but making sure that we're continuing the, that long tail growth on our, on our content and SEO play. Amazing. Okay. Let's dig in a little bit on SEO. Uh, it's, it's, you know, we're, we're, a, we're a content marketing outfit. You know, we are either marketing our agency or our membership tools. Um, but I'm always blown away by brands. You know, every brand knows that they have to get into content marketing in 2021. Uh, a cursory look at, at at your blog, at your site, shows that you you have a fully operational content marketing operation going here. And I'm just curious. We don't have to get into the nitty gritty of SEO, but like from a high level perspective, what's your strategy when it comes to making sure? Um, that you're writing stuff in a way that's going to have an organic life to it. Are, are you being very conscious about the keywords you're throwing in there? Or is it more about just writing for your audience and knowing that they'll find you? So both. Um, we definitely take a look and take advantage of tools uh, that are available online in terms of understanding what our audience is looking for, what uh, questions are they asking, what information are they seeking, um, while positioning ourselves as the subject matter experts in nutrition and health and wellness. So there's a lot of resources out there that will tell you, hey, this is actually what people are interested in. And it's always our aim uh, to create the best content that's available on the internet that answers those questions. Um, so there's, of course, a myriad of free information out there, um, a lot of mis misinformation as well. Um, and we want to make sure that people are getting this actual true information um, help, tools, resources. We have a registered dietitian on staff who is also our uh, content director. Uh, we also have MDs, we have um, chefs that are trained. So we really do have experts in house that we can lean on when it comes to creating this content. It's not just a, you know, to put it nicely, it's not just a, a marketer who's like, oh, I guess I'm going to write about nutrition. It's, it's, we actually use subject matter experts with their, um, with their experience and with their education and make sure that they're uh, writing to the audience and what they're looking for. 
Very cool. Now, uh, you know, with some of the SEO experts that I've interviewed on the show before, the, the, the word that, uh, that they throw around is velocity and content velocity, the mm-hmm. amount that you're kind of putting out there. Can you give us a little bit of an idea of what you, the content velocity at Trifecta looks like? Yes. Uh, at any given time, we are publishing on different platforms. So obviously we have our, and actually we call it our, our articles, not so much a blog, although that is sort of the, uh, the package that it's in on our, on our website. Uh, so we have our articles. We also uh, create a lot of content, video content on YouTube, uh, and then of course our social channels. So we are creating content literally every single day. In fact, the the largest team of our marketing department is our we call it our engagement team, um, and that they're largely in charge of our our content marketing. Um, so let's see. We might have a recipe, a handful of recipes go out, uh, a handful of culinary walkthrough videos, tutorials. We definitely have blog pieces that are going out and getting published almost every week, Uh, but we do a lot of optimization as well. So our team isn't just creating new stuff and then never going back and figuring out what is working, how can we tweak it slightly. They're doing that on a daily basis and in parallel to creating new content as well. So I would say to answer your question more directly, we have uh, at least a handful of new pieces that are going out each week. And then we are constantly optimizing as well. I like that idea of optimizing too, because I understand, and the way you worded it, I think is really, really smart and telling that you're just looking to have the best answers for people's questions out there, be the best source of information, because that's what Google wants too, mm-hmm. right? Google wants exactly. people to be able to have one click, go to a site, and then not only have, you know, have that question answered, but all the questions that you think of as you're reading that have those sort of continually answered. So I imagine that's part of that ongoing optimization where you're, you're realizing you're, you're sort of adding new content, you're you know, tweaking how you say specific things is, and, and then you have an in-house SEO expert who's sort of just going back and, and, and really using organic visits and time on site as, as sort of the key metrics for, for how to optimize that stuff. Yes. We take a look at how people are engaging with our content. That's why they're called the engagement team. Instead of the, we recently rebranded, they used to be called the content team. And then we're like, Hey, what are you guys actually aiming towards? And that's engagement with our customers, with our prospects. Um, and so they actually, they come back and look, how are people engaging with it? Which pieces are people not engaging with? And, you know, maybe did we, did we hit, we didn't quite hit the mark. How can we hit the mark? Um, and then another important component that I think a lot of people um, skip over or they don't uh, understand how critical it is, is the technical SEO. So uh, making sure that we have our schema is like flawless, uh, that we have all of our alt text that's all lined up. We actually have someone on our team who QAs everything from just specifically a technical SEO perspective. And I do think that that is a different skill set than someone who might be an excellent writer. Um, It's almost as important. Obviously, you want to be writing for humans, not for bots. Uh, But that is that component. If you do want to be picked up and recognized by search engines, you need to make sure that that's cleaned up as well. Totally. Great insights there. So you mentioned your engagement team. Can you tell me how your, your marketing team is structured? What, what are the other teams within that marketing team? Yeah, I'm actually really proud of our marketing department. Um, and it, this took a lot of iterations, right? And, you know, gosh, I started at the company, there was about four people on the marketing department, and now it's grown to 20 plus people. Uh, so I've been really integral in sort of building that those building blocks and what do we want our vision to be for the marketing department? How should we structure it that makes sense? And that is very uh, supportive of our overall company goals. 
And we've played around with a, a couple of different um, different structures and where we are right now and that I'm very happy about is we have, uh, the teams are based around what the overall goal would be for that team. And so we've got our engagement team. They're primarily responsible again for uh, organic uh, social media, our content strategy, our SEO strategy, um, our owned media channels. So even our email um, to a certain extent, our educational and, um, and uh, lead nurture sort of emails. Uh, then we have our performance team and our performance team has um, the objective of getting that performance out of our marketing mix. So direct response, uh, our paid media team, um, and we also have our owned media, uh, so PR strategy, where you can actually see a little bit shorter term ROI uh, versus our engagement team, who's responsible for making sure that our customers and our prospects are engaging with the content, they're interested, and even that customer journey um, sort of lies within the engagement team versus the performance team. Uh, and then of course we have our creative, uh, our creative team. I'm very happy that the creative team is actually part of our marketing department. They're not a separate entity. I have worked in organizations where it's like, okay, marketing's over here, creative is over here. And yes, we're gonna you know, combine when we need to, or we're gonna have those conversations, but uh, largely they're not really involved with each other's KPIs. And that's not the case at Trifecta. Our creative team, and our creatives, our graphic designers, our producers, our videographers, photographers, they all understand marketing metrics as well as any other marketer on our team because we're constantly talking about them. We're talking about the importance of them. And that really helps spur on our creative and make better decisions when it comes to creative because it's not just from a purely uh, aesthetic point of view. All of our creative wonderful creative team understands our KPIs, um, you know, what click-through rate means and uh, why that's important and what conversion rate is and, and things that maybe a, a, an average graphic designer wouldn't be interested in or, or wouldn't know what that means. They're very much involved in that process. Great advice. It's, you know, as an agency at Pilot House, we always, we, we talk about creative and, and, and media buying being on the same pair of skis so that they're, you know, they're, they're, you know, both, both headed down, downhill, uh, and, and, and are incentivized and that you really close the loop on the data where, where that you, you know, they're not just going on aesthetics. Cause a lot of designers, you know, it's their, it's in their instinct to just make things mm -hmm. as beautiful as possible. But in the, in the performance marketing world, you have to understand, uh, all the other factors that go into it. So that, that makes a ton of sense for how that works. So your so then most of your, your traffic teams in terms of your top of funnel strategies, that all fits within performance. So you have in-house Facebook media buyers, Google media buyers, these kinds of things. Yes, they are on our uh, performance team and um, they're, you know, constantly spinning up awesome campaigns, making adjustments. It is all in-house. Um, I actually come from an agency background. And so I recognize that, especially when you're a smaller organization or are just starting to build, um, having that uh, agency expertise can be super, super valuable. Um, at Trifecta, we've made the decision to move as much in-house as we can and as quickly as we can to really start develop that, uh, that collaborative culture and um, you know, getting people really, really bought in internally to the brand has been sort of uh, the secret of our success as well. Um, and so, yes, all of our, our uh, paid media managers are in-house right now. Very cool. What, so what traffic platforms at this point are you most excited uh, as, as the head of this marketing team right now? Which are, I, I'm, I bet you it's omni-channel, I guarantee, uh, just you know, thinking about your mindset. But yeah. wh which traffic platforms are you most excited about? 
So we really do have a, a big marketing mix. And I know that that's kind of an old school term uh, when I was, you know, back in my business school days, like the traditional marketing mix and make sure that you're not just putting all of your eggs into one basket. Um, and that still extends into our digital space today. So uh, we have like, we're constantly testing. We're testing new channels all the time. I, uh, I am constantly asking my team like, hey, let's think outside of the box. Uh, don't be afraid to get weird with it. Like you think that there's this totally off the wall idea. Uh, great, let's talk about it. We might not be able to implement it right now, um, but I love, I love uh, encouraging my team to get as creative as they possibly can. So we've been new, we actually have an R&D component of our marketing mix. So, okay, what are some of the new channels that we can try? And let's, let's see if it works. Let's see if we wanna scale that up or if we wanna devote some different resources. Um, so to answer your question right now, the ones that I'm super excited about, um, CTV for sure, that's been a really fun sort of storytelling medium that we've seen some good success with. Uh, our influencer strategy, uh, just continues to grow. That was really sort of the um, a, a great starting place for us and a lot of other D2C brands because influencers, at least a couple of years ago, tended to be slightly cheaper than maybe some more traditional marketing uh, mixes. That might not be totally the case anymore, although micro-influencers is always a great place to, uh, to continue sort of fishing in that pond. Um, and then I think probably the social media platform that I'm the most excited about is TikTok. Um, I'm kind of addicted to TikTok myself. Uh, so it's been really, really fun to see how other brands and how other content creators are utilizing uh, that platform as well. We haven't seen like some massive blow up on our TikTok channel or even from our TikTok ads, but I think that that's a really, really interesting place to, for us to start playing around with things. I love it. I love that you have this R&D thread that runs through your marketing team there because it can be so easy to get locked in with the things that are working or the the platform channels, uh, the the traffic channels that you already understand and that you already know, but to have that as as a mindset that everyone should be bringing kind of interesting opportunities to the table. Uh, I, I think that's that's really cool. Need high-quality, fully licensed UGC? With MiniSocial, you can produce beautiful, authentic, and fully licensed user-generated content featuring your products with micro-influencer creators. D2C brands like Native, Olipop, Hydrant, and others love working with MiniSocial as a way to populate their organic social acquisition channels, website, and beyond, while also competing dollar-for-dollar dollar with traditional influencer activations on Instagram and TikTok. Get started on a campaign at minisocial.com today. Can we dive in a little bit on your influencer strategy? So when I hear, you know, I, I hear influencers, I hear creators. Um, when I think of influencers, I think of them being, you know, providing both the creative and in a lot of cases, the traffic as well. Is that is that how you think about influencers at this point? Or are you using their content in places across the rest of your funnel as well? Yeah, again, I keep on just saying both because <laughs> that is actually the answer to your question. Of course. We, uh, we love to see... When we have a big post or someone who um, has a really large and engaged following and they do a post about trifecta, uh, we definitely see a spike in traffic. Um, we might see a spike in direct traffic uh, or organic traffic. You know, people just see that that the brand that they might not be familiar with. So then they start doing a little bit of research. Um, so I would encourage people if you if you are using some influencers or if you are using some kind of the big campaign. We have excellent attribution software, but you need to think through the process of how people are seeing that information and how they're translating it into traffic to your site. So take a look at like organic traffic, uh, direct traffic, which obviously is the bucket that's hard to quantify um, or qualify rather. 
and uh, taking a look at the, the traffic from that actual like UTM parameter, or however you set it up. So um, we see a spike in traffic, that's for sure. Uh, we also, if they're excellent creators, and that's really who we try to target in terms of um, the influencers that we reach out to, if they are very creative in their approach, if they're very on brand and good channel alignment with our brand, uh, we are able to take some of that content, turn it over into an ad format, maybe put a little bit of ad budget behind it. And then we usually see some pretty good results from that as well. Nice. And with your influencers, are you focused more on, uh, you know, the CrossFit, the fitness levels, or are you, are you also dabbling with uh, in life, more lifestyle style influencers? A little of both. Uh, we definitely had um, some great, uh, I guess some of our first influencers were definitely in the CrossFit space. Uh, they were definitely in sort of the paleo eating space. That's, that's how we sort of cracked into a little bit of this, um, the health and wellness niche within the uh, ready to eat foods as well as the UFC, the PGA Tour, other large sports leagues that we've been able to partner with over the years. Uh, but now we're getting into some even celebrities, um, some, some big names in Hollywood. There's been quite a few actual celebrities who have started using our meal plan and we're, we didn't reach out to them in particular, but we saw that they, their name all of a sudden popped up on our orders this week. And it's like, oh my gosh, is that that person? And then yes, it is. And so we're able to actually partner even that way. Um, so that's been pretty fun and very exciting. I have to say, I love that when you can discover those organic, you know, product associations and, and, and potentially mine them, that's just got to feel like, feel like real found money. Totally. That's awesome. Uh, okay. And then speaking of your R and D, like, let's talk a little bit about some of the other things that you've done to generate awareness top of funnel. We, we were saying like, uh, you know, when you start out as a DTC brand, it's like, you gotta, you know, you feel like you got to master Instagram and Facebook and really make sure that you figure out that lever so that you can put $2 in and get $3 out kind of thing. Um, but once you achieve a certain size, you're really looking for those other opportunities to, to, to really just sort of um, grow the whole pool of, of the people that you could eventually remarket to on Facebook, whatever. Can you talk about a couple of the methods that you've used uh, maybe outside of the box in order to generate that, that top of funnel awareness? Yeah. So let's see, we have done some kind of more traditional marketing methods in the past. Uh, we had some billboards here in Sacramento that I can see from my office, um, which is where our headquarters is located. We've done some direct mail pieces as well. Um, and that's what I mean by like getting a little bit outside of our digital box. Uh, those tend to be sometimes a little bit more expensive plays and definitely, and I think that where digital marketers get a little bit scared of trying those is that's very difficult to tie back to attribution properly. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, okay, great. I'm going to put this billboard out there. Who the heck knows if I'm getting more direct traffic this week because of the billboard or because uh, we had some kind of a spike, you know, internally. It's very hard for the attribution, which makes your bosses very nervous. They want to know what the ROI is specifically on the channels that we're, we're paying for. Um, so we have tried those. And uh, the way that we actually take a look at the, the attribution is exactly sort of like I mentioned for the influencers is, okay, if we're seeing organic traffic go, go up, if we're seeing direct traffic go up, we can probably have at least a little bit of a correlation there. Um, and you know, we continue to refine that as well. Uh, we are the title sponsor for the Mr. Olympia, which is the biggest, um, bodybuilding show in the world. Uh, so that's been great for, um, driving a little bit more brand awareness. So some of those live events 
um, are, are really great. We also have the, the sponsorships and the partnerships that, again, like some of those large sports leagues that I mentioned, PGA Tour, UFC, uh, CrossFit, and a handful of others. So those have been some really great sort of brand awareness plays for us. Gets the bug in people's ear, gets people to recognize our triple infinity logo and our orange box and everything like that. Uh, and then we continue to reinforce that messaging via our digital channels. Nice. Um, I kind of skimmed over it. You said that TikTok was the, the the platform that you're most excited about right now. Can you talk a little bit about your approach in TikTok and what why why it's got you so excited? TikTok is such a cool medium and such a different one than the very, very popular Instagram, which is actually where we have our largest following on social media is our Instagram channel. Uh, and for many years, Instagram's been top of the list because of these beautiful uh, curated, created, manicured, amazing photos and video. And it, it's aesthetically very pleasing to look through an Instagram feed and, and to see some of those uh, amazing images. Um, TikTok on the other hand, super raw, super honest. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to be <laughs> as curated when you're just doing like basically your selfie cam and dancing around your, your living room or, you know, playing with your dogs or something like that. So uh, I'm excited about it because I think that we're going to see some more organic, uh, organic type posts and some more real life interaction with the product, which I think people can feel a little bit closer to. So rather than seeing a, you know, beautiful person with this incredibly um, almost unrealistically beautiful kitchen that they're preparing this amazing meal. This is like true people. Hey, I got my box. I'm going to do an unboxing. This is what it really looks like. Uh, and that feels a little bit more authentic on, on TikTok right now. And so that's, that's really what I'm excited about. We have a lot of amazing, uh, very loyal customers and a lot of really amazing, very loyal and very brand bought in influencers. So I think that we can leverage a lot of that uh, content creation when it comes to their honest um, experience with the product. I'm always amazed at the, um, you know, the emotions and the, like how good TikTok videos can be even in the moment. Uh, you know, when people add in a little music here and there or the right zoom or, you know, just because I think because it lives in that real moment of like pure authenticity there, there's just, there's a, a real, real opportunity to connect with people, whether viewers or consumers or whoever, I, I can see why, why you're addicted to the platform. I'm finding myself, I actually pretty much only experienced TikTok through Twitter, but it's like probably my favorite part of Twitter is just the TikTok <laughs> videos that I get to see. So maybe I should jump on the platform. Well, I just love the sense of humor that people have and, you know, they call themselves and actually right now they, there's like three different levels of, of account that you can have. You can have a personal one, a creator account and a um, business account. And I love it that they call them creators because there is so much creativity that you can, um, that you can hone in with the different filters, with the different music, uh, with the quick cuts. The editing software I think is absolutely genius and it's really turned uh, you know, your average person into a little bit of a, a video editor. And that's super fun for people. It's actually, more time consuming than I think people realize. Um, it certainly is for me and our, our team who are creating the TikToks. So something to keep in mind, it is maybe a heavier lift than just a static photo that you would put on your Instagram feed or something like that. Um, but that's also why you should leverage maybe some influencers on TikTok because they're already doing that amazing creative um, creative lift. If you find one that's, that's willing to do an unboxing or a product experience for your D2C brand, that could be a huge one for you. Nice. Uh, so 
the 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 prepared uh, the, the meal kit space is i imagine hyper competitive there's there's a lot of people trying to trying to get those those boxes delivered i'm sure uh the the prepared meal space is also uh, a competitive space how do you think about competitors in, in this in this recently relatively new phenomenon of of meals delivered to your home well the pandemic has helped um in a weird way so we actually did grow um, during the pandemic because people are now more comfortable with the idea of getting prepared mo- prepared meals delivered directly to their homes, especially at the beginning of the pandemic when people were like, we don't know how long this is going to last. We don't know how safe it is to even go to the grocery store. Um, that was that helped democratize a little bit the idea of getting fresh food delivered to your house. Um, but we actually, in terms of competitors, we think of not just other fully prepared meals as a direct competitor. We think of grocery stores and fast food places and even restaurants as being a direct competitor of ours. Uh, Any place that you would get food and that's saving you potentially time, money, or energy, we're gonna be very interested in seeing how their approach is to customers and what the consumer behavior is. So, uh, you know, 20 years ago, people were not getting food delivered directly to their homes, but maybe they were buying uh, frozen meals that was very convenient and they could just heat it up in the microwave or whatever. Uh, now we're seeing a lot a lot more um, companies, uh, a lot more uh, other brands like ours that is, hey, how can, we, how can we get you healthy, good food and cut out some of the uh, friction? Some of that friction is, uh, for example, going to the store um, obviously during the pandemic, some people were a little bit more hesitant to do that, but it even means that the gas prices, even in normal time, what's the gas prices, what's the time that it's going to take for you to go shopping. Uh, in addition, in addition, we have a huge advantage over traditional grocery or even some of our other competitors like uh, fast food restaurants where there's little to no food waste at all. These meals are perfectly portioned for one person and you can add additional proteins um, uh, or, or vegetables for our, from our a la carte line if you need a little bit of uh, extra macros, for example. But you don't have that five pound of five, five pound bag of spinach in your refrigerator that everyone has thrown away. They've They're purchased right it with like, <laughs> yeah, I know I, that connects with so many people because we've all done it. You buy this giant Costco bag of of greens thinking like, I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to make salads this week. And then it ends up going bad. Uh, and you just have to toss it out. That's a huge problem in America. And we waste so much food. So having these perfectly proportioned meals with zero food waste is actually one of our keys to sustainability. In addition to, um, all of the ways that we're sourcing our, our material. I love it. And by broadening out like that, it just gives you so many different pain points that you can kind of incorporate into your marketing. Even the one that's like the 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 highest on the list was a it reminds me of a tweet I saw, which said that the you know the who no one told me that the hardest part of being an adult was to figure out what I'm going to eat every single night for the rest of my life. Exactly. Uh, and just that right there, having that decision taken off your plate and and understanding that you're going to get something healthy, fresh, delicious to your door like that that's that seems like a big win. It totally is. And we uh, are very fortunate to have some um, incredibly culinary chef trained uh, folks on our team that create the recipes, that tweak the recipes. And we're constantly trying to uh, get our customer feedback directly so that we can we can make those adjustments. And for the most part, our meals are chef's choice right now, which means that it's based off of availability of the produce and seasonality. 
Um, but that also is kind of a fun additional component because you're gonna have new recipes in your box practically every week and it really helps to keep things fresh and new and exciting. And so you're not just eating um, you know, the same thing day after day or even week after week. And it also eliminates that, uh, you know, that choice conundrum that you were mentioning before. You don't have to decide exactly what you want to eat because you have uh, a myriad of things in your refrigerator that you can just grab one and, and see what see what's for dinner tonight. I love it. Uh, oh, I had another question about R&D. I have a note here about an audience that you discovered through your research and development phase in your marketing side uh, and that you actually were finding that ability to sell. You, you sell, you know, you've got these relationships with pro uh, sporting, um, you know, companies, PGA, uh, different companies like that. But I see also here that you have, you've got some inroads into the Twitch pro gamer community. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that was a bit of a surprise to me, actually. And uh, I can't take credit for it. I'm going to give full credit to my team who brought this to me as like, hey, we should totally jump on this. And I, I think that there's a lot of misconceptions about gamers and uh, people in the gaming community. I personally am, am not a gamer, so I have a lot to discover about this world. Uh, but there's a lot of misconceptions of, you know, they don't really care about nutrition. They are you know, just addicted to their consoles or whatever it is. Yep. And in their mom's basement is the exactly you know, the in their right? mom's basement, like eating Cheetos and ramen. Yeah. Um, but oh my gosh, gamers are so serious about their sport. It is amazing. Uh, esports obviously is is just exploding right now, and they need to have the cognition and the quick reflexes and they uh, are recognizing that having proper nutrition is supporting those skills, those actual physical skills that they need, uh, concentration and, um, you know, making sure that they're at the top of their sport. Uh, it's really, really interesting to see this. So, and here's the other component about gaming, right? They don't have time to cook. So this is like a perfect combination of you want healthy, nutritious food that is going to feed your body to support your sport and you don't have time to do it let trifecta come in there and help. So we've actually had a couple of conversations with, uh, some actual, uh, leagues and some teams as well. And that's sort of the next R and D, uh, area that we're going to get into a little bit more is to see how, how the gamer community, um, reacts to trifecta and how we can sort of get in on the, on switch, et cetera. I love it. It's it's just it just shows you the evolution of, of sport in general. I remember watching, you know, I'm Canadian, so I gotta mention curling. Like you watch curlers 10, 20 years ago, and they were these like overweight, you know, you know, non-athletic looking people. But you watch anyone in that sport now and they've realized just like anything that you do, you feel your body better, you you take care of yourself better, you're gonna be able to perform at a higher level. It's neat to think that happening already in the esports world because I'm not a gamer and I still have that perception, I think, of uh of these unhealth of this unhealthy sort of world. And that's definitely not the case. Yeah. It's great to see, like, I, and I really think that the, in a weird way, the pandemic has brought wellness to a lot more like mass market. And so the idea of like, you know, this has already been a conversation for a couple of years now, but the idea of how meditation and building your rituals and your routines and um, making sure that you have proper nutrition, even if you're not in a particular sport or discipline, all of those things are combining to make your life better, which is really kind of what every brand strives for, right? Is to help make your consumers' lives better. And we can see that direct correlation with, you know, obviously we are literally feeding uh, hundreds of, and thousands of people uh, every single day. And that's really exciting to see. That is very cool. So uh, you're now the VP of marketing 
uh, long live the new VP of marketing. What are your biggest goals for Trifecta in uh, 2021? Well, we have some pretty lofty uh, goals when it comes to our business and, you know, being a direct to consumer brand, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners are going to connect to this directly, uh, direct to consumer e-commerce brand as we are a lot of the actual sales uh, and the customer acquisitions fall on the shoulders of the marketing department. So we have some pretty uh, exciting goals that we're trying to strive for and making sure that we are keeping our customer acquisition costs down. That's one of our biggest KPIs, as well as continuing the growth velocity. We have some pretty uh, ambitious uh, growth goals for the overall company and what our revenue should look like at the end of 2021. Can't share those details exactly, but uh, they're, they're super exciting. Um, in addition to those growth goals, we are continuing to build out the team and hiring more people. Um, it's my vision to have a small army of amazing uh, marketers that are really creating a uh, almost like a publishing or a media company. Um, that's really kind of the vision for, for the marketing department. It's not just marketing. It's we, we are continuing to deliver value, create content, give uh, helpful and useful information, entertain people as well. And that's essentially, you know, a media company. So we're going to continue on that direction and make sure that we're finding the best people to help us build the team. I think that's so smart. I think we, we this is something we hear more and more, something we're doing ourselves, trying to become a media empire. Um, and, and it's just this idea of linear commerce that when you can, as it gets harder and more expensive to reach people, uh, as is maybe the case with what will unfold with iOS 14.5, um, you know, you really, if, if you create yourself as the hub and if you become a big chunk of their internet experience with your content, uh, it's only going to, to benefit you. Absolutely. Yeah. Nice. We, I have here as one of your missions to become the internet of fitness and nutrition. I think that's, that's lofty, but that's exactly <laughs> what you need to be aiming at. It's totally doable too. Uh, we are absolutely aiming at, you know, there, there's been a lot of like, oh, we want to be the Uber of this or the, uh, we want to be the Amazon of the this. The Spotify of this. I hear a lot. Yeah, exactly. We just want to be the internet of health and wellness. And so what do you use the internet for? You go there to find information. You go there to find products. You go there to get help. You go there to connect with people. Those are all the main purposes of the internet. And we believe that Trifecta can actually accomplish that through our ecosystem. And it's not just going to be, you know, food. We have very uh, ambitious goals to continue expanding on the, on all of those different themes so that we're an entire ecosystem, um, just like the internet is, but for health and wellness and nutrition. And like any content ecosystem, you need a podcast, which I understand <laughs> yeah. you just started in March. Can you t tell me a little bit about how that's going? Yes. So we actually had a, a different version of a podcast several years ago. Our founder, um, Greg Connolly and uh, Uriah Faber, who is uh, a UFC champion, yeah. uh, they started this thing called the CaliCast several years ago. And that was really fun talking about uh, the challenges of a UFC fighter and, uh, you know, being a business owner. He's also a local sort of Sacramento legend. Um, so that was a really fun uh, place for us to start. But more recently, we've gotten back into the Trifecta podcast, a little bit more focused on uh, some of our amazing celebrity athletes and getting them to tell their story about um, how they got to where they are. You know, we see these amazing people, these amazing athletes, and you just think, wow, you know, they're just a, an incredible human being and they have amazing DNA. But they, every single one of them has an incredible story of how they got to where they are and to be able to share that story. And a lot of the setbacks that even sort of normal humans 
have to deal with to, to be able to connect with those athletes and see that they have had to go through similar struggles, similar challenges. Uh, that's been a really fun, fun thing for us to explore. Very cool. Uh, one thing I didn't mention as a subscription company, obviously your, your number one goal, I guess, is, is LTV and making sure that, you know, after customer acquisition, it's all about keeping those customers. Mm -hmm. Does that happen within your engagement team? Does the optimization of that subscription process come uh, within the engagement team? That's largely one of their, uh, one of their objectives. We also have an amazing sales team um, that is really in charge of a lot of the customer support and customer service. Um, and we, and they're located right here in Sacramento as well. And so they're really, again, in-house is kind of the direction that Trifecta has been moving. And that in includes the people who are directly talking to uh, our customers or prospects, uh, helping people out with their order. Um, if something, they need to change something, they can reach out to our team. So we actually, that's largely in our sales team, in addition to from the marketing perspective and the, um, the engagement marketing. Yes, that's with our engagement team. So we're we're constantly trying to bring them back in, uh, give them new tips about how to use the product this week and make sure that we extend their life, uh, their lifetime value as much as we can while still having a really, really happy uh, and productive experience with them. I like that. Do you have any specific tips within that retention space? Obviously, your content marketing is going to play into it, as you as you mentioned there. You really want people to be able to visualize how they're going to use the product, how they're going to benefit from it. Um, any other tips for boosting retention for products like this? We have launched a program called Trifecta Me, which is a 90-day program uh, to get people as educated and uh, familiar with their own nutrition goals and how Trifecta can help them. Um, we launched that for all people. So even if you're not actually purchasing the food, you can get in on the Trifecta Me program. But for the majority of the people who are using this program, they're also ordering the food. And so that's been a really great, um, a really great play for us because 90 days is like already built in. Like, okay, we we're pretty sure that we're going to get, um, you know, a good chunk of time out of this particular subscription. Um, but more than just you know trying to squeeze every last uh, subscription dollar out of these people, we're truly educating them along the process. And so the goal here is that, uh, regardless of their relationship with Trifecta in the future. They will have had a positive experience with the brand and they will come away smarter and more educated and in better health just, you know, for the rest of their life. So that's been actually a really positive thing for the retention play for sure, but also um, to make sure that we're, we're, we are serving our customers well and into their future. I love it. Uh, okay. Last question here. We, we like to ask, uh, you know, this may be a drop in your marketing budget, but if uh, we had a, a, a DTC a 50 grand grant, uh, to your marketing team, where do you put it uh, in in the next few months to, to see the biggest results? Fifty grand would go directly into investing into the team. So we are huge believers here at Trifecta, and I have to give amazing props to our leadership team as well uh, of the concept of Kaizen, so continuous improvement and continuous education. And we really do embody that brand value internally. We have opportunities for uh, going to conferences or getting um, online courses or getting access to, to books or podcasts or, or Audible or whatever you want. If it's an opportunity to learn, we want to support that. And Trifecta does a phenomenal job of that overall, but I would immediately dedicate that back into my team. What do you guys want to learn? What do you, how do you want to level up your skills? How can we help? 
um, and using that money to, to invest in the team. Cause that's really, you know, that's where you're going to get the, the long-term ROI and make your people happy at the same time. That is VP level thinking. Uh, very nicely done. Okay, cool. So if people want to try Trifecta, uh, where do you recommend they go? I hear you might have a special offer for our listeners. Yes, please check it out. And I have to say thank you, Eric, because I have discovered so many awesome D2C brands that I've ordered from thanks to this podcast. So uh, absolutely um, go and check it out. We're at www.trifectanutrition.com and you can use our checkout code DTC 40 to get 40% off your first delivery. That's a no brainer. That's a, that is the biggest discount we've had yet dropped uh, on, on the DTC podcast. So I really, unfortunately, as a Canadian, I guess you're not available here yet. I know Thomas uh, has received a box or two and absolutely loves it. Uh, so I am excited for our listeners to check it out. Make sure you email me back, email me at Eric at directtoconsumer.co. Let me know how it goes. Um, if people want to get in touch with you, learn more uh, about your journey, learn more about, about what you're doing, any way to get in touch with you. You can find me on LinkedIn, Tessa Norton Bacard, just uh, search for that or search trifecta and I'll be there. Um, also, if you are interested in seeing my total dorky, uh, TikToks, you can find me at handle big red marketing boss. Uh, <laughs> and I have some, I have some pretty fun uh, brand, you know, evaluations. I, I like to nerd out on marketing stuff and, and branding. That's a particular interest of mine. So I actually, that's what my TikTok is based on. I think we need a big red marketing, uh, machine, uh, <laughs> column in the, in the newsletter. So we'll be talking to you about contributing right. to the newsletter, uh, kind of going forward, because I think that would be fantastic. Thank you so much for taking this podcast today, Tessa. And, uh, we'll, we'll see you soon. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay.